0: Hey, Australia, how are you going? How you going? It is Thursday, April twenty-eighth, all day, and I'm your host, James Clements. That's right. I'm a writer sometimes, for whom Stephen wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff here in Larry Ima Studios, hanging out, giving you the lowdown, all the ins and outs of the NBA. That's what we do here. Don't take things too seriously, apart from basketball delicious. <laughs> but it's the playoffs. The Bulls are done. The Nuggets are done talk about all that. We've got some injury updates as well. The NBA straight game wraps. We've got a juicy slab today. If that's not a knife, all made no mate. spot of the night. Better than Lonzo Ball. We've got yeah, nahs. We've got the unpopular opinion of the day. We've got our back takeouts. Yes. We we're serving up a flame girl take. There's Australian Player Watch, which doesn't exist because no Aussies are in action today. So instead, we'll do a brief Kiwi Corner and an extra Andrew Gay's Grey Mumber Award that has two entries. That's right, for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. Pretty bloody good. And uh, we'll do the game previews and picks for tomorrow as well before we finish off with, as promised yesterday, a new diary of Stephen Adams. You little beauty. All right, let's get into it. Episode 805 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls. And you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Uh, you better. Watch out for the Giannis attack. you get the Bulls. Holy moly. From the get-go, he's like, this game's ours. Right? right, let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with a daily whip around. I reckon I could also watch out for the attack of uh, Sleepy Jim. I'm so fucking washed today. This squid wakes up at like 6 and I'm like, oh, come on! After being woken up at like, I don't know, 12.30. Jeez. Your boy Jimmy's a bit ruined today, but it's all right. We're going to fang through today's show. It's a good one. Right. So, today's news. Donnie Mitchell, he reckons he's good to go tomorrow. That's right. Said so there's a little soreness in his hammies. He's got two bruises on the left hammy, one on the Right. Jesus, Donnie Mitchell. What have you been doing? So Donovan Mitchell, reckoning that he's good to go. I mean, it makes the Dallas-Utah game six just absolutely, supremely tasty. And I'm a bit excited for it. So I just got an excitement quiver, I think. I had an excitement quiver. I I get very excited about things. I do that. That's what I do. Uh, Devin Booker. Here's Hammy reckons that he's maybe up for Game 6 against the Pelicans. He's going to be a Pelican, not a Pelican. he reckons, tomorrow for the Suns. Uh, It was pointed out, though, that he's initially going to be listed as out for tomorrow's Game 6 in New Orleans. Uh, But he reckons, yeah, he'll be good to go for Game 6 or Game 7, which is pretty interesting. Because, i tell you what, the Suns might need him in Game 6, and they're definitely going to need him if there's a Game 7, because... We'll talk about it in the game previews for tomorrow, but that Pelican Suns game is just looming as an absolute ball terror. Nice one. Speaking of ball tearing, that's right, the Lakers. Ah, oh, do we have to talk about the Lakers, Jimmy? The Lakers stink. They do, and I'm enjoying this because there's now reports that multiple sources are saying that the team's front office are internally blaming pressure from Clutch. That's right. You remember Clutch, Rich Paul, all those lunatics and they're causing havoc for everybody, uh, who basically pressured them into trading for Rusty Westbrook. Which is amazing. Because last time I fucking checked, they weren't the GM or the president. <laughs> what are we doing here? I love it. The Lakers are like, no, well, they told us to do it or else they'd be upset. We'll grow a fucking pair of stones, idiots. Jesus. Anyway, uh, last little bits of news. The top five jersey sales for the second half of the season are out. LeBron James. James Harden. Who is buying a James? Fat Man Hoop, Brooklyn Clan. Fat Man Hoop, Philly Clan. Who's buying a James Harden jersey? Seriously. Uh, When I grow up, I want to be fat and lazy and sort of quit on teams. (laughs) I mean, that's basically me. Uh, but James Harden, that's hilarious. Steph Curry's at three, KD at four, Jason Tatum, number five. Nice one. We'll actually talk about Tatum being a top five player a little bit later too. Uh, and the last little bit of news was that there was that weird sort of uh, NBA health and welfare benefit scandal that came out last year where Tony Allen, Big Baby, Darius Miles, and a few other players sort of got embroiled in this weird controversy and charged. Um, and k dueling was placed on administrative leave by the Yaz. He's an assistant coach there at the moment. uh, Because he was charged by federal officials being part of that scheme as well. That is wild. So it's basically a bunch of folks going, oh, well, there's these benefits, and if we just say we did shit, they're just going to give us money to pay for it. Now, having lived in the States for like six years, their health system is fucked beyond belief. Absolutely rooted. So like, none of this comes as a surprise. <laughs> that people are like, hey, this is all a bit fucky. How do we take advantage of it? <laughs> way they go. But either way, bit of a weird one. Anyway, that's all the news fit to print. So let's uh do some game raps. Game raps, game raps, game wraps, game wraps. game raps. That's right, the game wraps from today. Millie Walkie, it's our gonquin for the good land. Well it was today, right? It really was. Uh, because they beat the shit. Out of the Bulls. 116-100. The Milwaukee Bucks are going to the second round. 4-1. They win this series. I called this last week. They lose Middleton. I'm like, nah, still Bucks in five. And then I think there was a yeah, nah last week. It's like, oh, wow, geez, without Middleton. I'm like, yeah, nah. Look, seriously, it's at worst it'll be Bucks in six. And then uh, with uh, the Bulls losing Zachy Cakes' Adam Levine, and Alex Caruso. It's like, yeah, Packer boys. And that's kind of what happened in this one. Uh, There's nothing the Bulls could do to slow down Giannis at all. And um, to be honest, it was interesting to see Giannis sort of play this game without Middleton because he's like, ah, oh, fuck, mate. My specialty is closeout games. Watch this. And without Middleton out there as well, he didn't have like that sort of release valve and it also sort of meant that he didn't have to defer to Middleton at points and sort of get him shots and feed him shots. And Giannis just kind of did what Giannis does and makes winning plays no matter who's out there. But also, he took a bit more responsibility, I think, and it was fucking awesome. Uh, but this was a shellacking from the get-go. I think the Bucks started 1 of 7. And that was the only time the uh, Bulls led in this game was when it was like 4-3 at the very start. But Giannis came out with like a putback dunk. That was their first bucket. You're like, that's a statement of intent. They then went 8 of 8 from the floor, though. <laughs> So they turned around, and you're like, "Well, is happening." Holy shit! It's 49 to 20 in the second quarter. The Bulls hadn't scored for five minutes. It was the Bucks just uh, forcing turnovers, forcing bad shots by the Bulls, and then the Bucks, meanwhile, like just canning threes. I was I think the buckets to put them up 29 was like a, just a gnarly Yana sort of sling pass out to the corner to Wes Matthews, bang. Um, but the Bulls, I mean, they eked into it. The Bucks were settling for sort of lazy shots because they're up fucking 29. And, look, they got it down to 15 before the end of the half. Vuce was 1 of 6, though. Oh, of 4 from 3. Damara had 4 points in the first half. So they had 6 points between them. Giannis had 23 points in the first half. It was insane. Absolutely beasting. And, uh, look, the Bulls came out a little bit more focused in the third. Got it down to 11 points in, like, oh, the Bucks really need to refocus here, and they did. <laughs> they got back-to-back uh, Bobby fighting. Fighting Bobby Porter's fighting and round the world, back-to-back corner threes. And the rest of their corner threes went, well, I think time after time after time, the Bulls would have a look at a corner three, and it was like there was a fucking lid on the basket. It was pretty crazy. It was like, it didn't matter how open or contested those threes were. The Bulls just couldn't hit any. And then, boom, before you could think, it was back up to 26, and the Bucks just rolled from there, like... Without Levine, without Caruso, the Bucks very clearly like, well, when DeMar touches the ball, just fucking key in on him and don't let him go off. And that's what happened. He really struggled against Giroud and uh, just those sort of rangy wings that the Bucks have. And DeMar just could not get anything going. Vooch couldn't hit a goddamn shot, obviously, in the first half. He finally got a couple to go late. But, uh, I mean, the Bucks were all players like Patty C, Bobby Portis. Like, they just did a good job around Giannis, hitting their shots when needed. They were too big. They were too good. The Bulls were too injured. Boom, Bucks win. Off they go to the second round. The Bulls, weird year. Weird year. Couldn't beat anyone good all season. But there's hope. We'll talk about that in a second. 15 of 52 from downtown they went. They hit 15 of 52 threes. That's had 16 turnovers, which is probably the brutal part. Got out rebounded by 14. as well. DeMar goes 5 of 10 in the end. O of O from 3 at 11 points in a closeout game. Pretty tough one. Patch Horse. Oh, Pat. He was a, a Patch. There we go. Patch Williams was awesome. Loved it. 23 points for him, 4 or 7 from downtown. Just gave you a sort of a bit of a peek at what Patch Williams could be. You know, the really sort of big, rangy wing, knocking down threes. He was awesome. Enjoyed that. Vooch ends up with 19 and 16 with six assists. Uh, but as mentioned, I mean, he had, what, two points in the first half. Thanks for coming, Vooch. Kobe! Kobe White had 17 points. 6 of 16 shooting, though. Classic Kobe. Went 4 of 13 from downtown. Ayo! Just me with 8 points. From the floor, how did he shoot, Jimmy? What do you reckon? Well, he went one or four from three, but what did he do from the floor? What did he do? What did he do? Yeah, he went 3 <laughs> Troy Brown Jr., he had 10 points. Derek Jones Jr., 9 points, but they just... Ugh. Troy Brown, I think, was like 2-9 from downtown. Derek Jones was 1-5. And it's those sort of spots where they wanted a little bit more from those sorts of dudes this season, and they just didn't quite get it. They got more out of Lonzo and Caruso than they probably expected, and they got less out of the other signings. So it was a bit of a tough one for the Bulls. Uh, For the Bucs, they go 14-36 and from three, shot almost 50% from the floor, and they were just fucking running rampant. And when you play with confidence, this is what happens, right? It just feeds into more confidence. The lazy sort of shots. It was kind of inevitable that they'd sort of let the Bulls have a bit of a peak. But this is the Bucks. When the Bulls had a peak, the Bucks. This is the 2022 Bucks. It's not the 2019 Bucks. Boom. They let him have a peak, had a look, and they went, all right, that's enough. Shut the door. Boom. They ran away with it. Giannis. That's the big reason. 33, 9, and 3. He was incredible. 11 of 15 from the floor. Jeru Holiday couldn't get anything going shooting wise. He shot 4 of 14, but he had 9 assists, 5 rebounds, and. uh, he did have six turnovers, but the amount of just, ca- like, chaos that he caused was pretty awesome. Fight Bobby Portis, 2 of 7 from downtown, but those two were big. He ends up with 14 points and 17 rebounds. He was awesome everywhere, too. Like, just the hustle. The heart. being I mean, right in the nuts and guts of it. Meanwhile, Blopez goes two, uh, 12 and 5 for a couple of blocks. Where's Matthews, 2 of 4 from downtown. He had four steals. Uh, but the big one off the bench was Patty Connaughton. Goes 6 and 9. Nice. From 3 for 20 points. And he and Jevion Carter both had five steals each. It was awesome. Uh, Grayson Allen also got the shot eventually going. Three, six from downtown. 13 and five. They needed the Patty in buckets just as a bit of insurance, and they were fine. And that's exactly what happened. They got their role players stepping up. Bobby Portis, Carter, Patty C, eventually Grayson Allen, and, and they won. The Bulls didn't get enough. Millie a threw 4-1, despite losing Middleton. Off they go to play. Oh, watch out. The Boston Celtics. It's going to be awesome. And then in the second game today, Golden State beat Denver 102-98. They started the PTSD lineup, did the Warriors. Uh, they also have lost Igadala Iguodala for about a week. So you're like, ah, oh, well, that's probably not a problem, considering how Gary Payton played today. Um This was a weird first half. It felt about three times where the Warriors could run away with it. But the Nuggets, look, the fight, the resilience of this team is amazing. Like, compared to, like, I don't know, the Nets. (laughs) Like The Nuggets just kept pulling him back. Austin Rivers goes to the locker room with a hammy. Joker had a 12, 13, and 5 half-time line, and it felt like he wasn't playing that well. And it was tied at 48. It was pretty gnarly. Both teams were shooting 40% from the floor, Denver hadn't hit any threes. I think they were 3 of 14. The Warriors are 6 of 18. But Denver did get to the line 13 more times. And that's how they sort of kept it close. And then boom, the Nuggets ripped open the uh, start of the second half. They're up 10. And Steve Kerr's like, shit, the PTSD lineup doesn't work when you've got fucking Nikola Jokic just tearing apart Draymond Green. Uh, They were a minus 6 to start the second half. So when they get down 10, he throws in Kevin Looney. Draymond hits a 3. It's back to 5. They kept missing free throws. But in the third quarter, they just couldn't make any headway against the Nuggets. Just It was all the hustle on the part of the Nuggets, like Aaron Air gordon just getting in there, getting amongst it. Will the Thrill-Barton causing a little bit of havoc. And the Warriors has got to looked a little bit taken aback. They're like, how do we close out playoff series again? We haven't done this since 2019. <laughs> and boom, how do you do it? He goes, Steph Curry, can you do some cool shit? And that's exactly what happened. He uh, started warming up a bit in the third quarter. And uh, the craziest part was it was Boogie who was fucking up the Warriors. And it's like, revenge for Boogie. He's loving it. And then I think Boogie got to his playoff career high, which is just fucking chaos. And then you're like, oh, yeah, he was on Sacramento, remember? They haven't made the playoffs since 2007, bro. But the Warriors threw the mitten out there, Gary Payton II, instead of Jordan Poole, who was being hunted on defense. And fucking hell, it made a big difference because he hits a three that gives him the lead, but his defense, just on the perimeter, and just his, like, I don't know, ball awareness where he's like, oh, shit, I'm going to hunt whoever has the ball. I'm going to make their life just real fucking annoying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then he hits a three that gives him the lead. And it's an arm wrestle for the next couple of minutes. Clay and Curry missing shots you'd think they'd hit. They're up two, though. And the mitten hits a massive three after Draymond. Ben Simmons is way out of an open layup. Oh, I better pass it. It's Draymond. The basket's literally above you. Oh, but there's a guy kind of near me. Just put it up in, mate. But anyway, he kicks it out. It goes around the perimeter. Mitten hits a three. And that was about it. Like, Joker was awesome in the fourth quarter. But the problem was he was in foul trouble, so Michael Malone. I like how we have to call him Michael because very clearly the Nuggets PR are like, he doesn't like being called Mike. We need to call him Michael. And so if you listen on the broadcast, well, we're not going to listen to the broadcast for a while for the Nuggets, but, yeah, it's always Michael. Uh, but the point was it meant that Joker couldn't go back in that early in the fourth quarter. And as soon as he did... Took him a little bit of a while to get warmed up. But then once he did, it was fucking on. For young and old. It was great. Joker just knocking it all in. And in the fourth quarter, he ends up with, like, just a pretty wild 12 points. Shoots five or seven. But the toughest one was they were down five. Joker gets a nice look at the top of the key from three. Clank. Just a bit too long. And that was the game, really. Uh, Curry had it. It was weird like watching Steph Curry realizing, shit, 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 shit. All right, cool. They're doubling me every time I'm touching the ball, basically within vague vicinity of our half. (laughs) So they run some gnarly shit to get him open for looks from downtown. But then he made his biggest sort of damage, like driving. And that was kind of the clinching point as well uh, to getting them up five. I think it was he is really sweet, twisty, weird, ducking, cutting... uh, just basically did a bit of Steve Nash circle work. Under the basket, around, out to the three, back in, and then like a lefty layup that was kind of the dagger. And the Nuggets are going home. So 30 points for the Joker. Incredible game. 19 rebounds, 8 assists. He was great. 12 of 18 from the floor. He had six turnovers, but you get that on the big jobs. Air Gordon, look, he went 0 of 4 from 3, which killed them. Because when Aaron Air Gordon hits a couple of threes, the Nuggets are just a wildly different team. He had 15 and nine. His hustle was really good. There was a moment where he passed up an open layup. Like Joker threw the ball to him, and Gordon's just like, "Oh shit, I did not expect to get this." And he kicked it back out and turned it over. That was another shot in the foot. Monty Morris had 14 and six assists. Uh, Will the thrill? Five and thirteen shooting for 14 points. And this is the big difference. Like the Nuggets role players, obviously at home in Game Five, stepped up big time. They didn't quite have enough to push them over the top in this one. Hefe Green and Jermichael Green. Oh, geez. Combined for 39 minutes and two points on one of six shooting. It was uh, not great. Not a great day for the Greens. Boogie, though. There's a man who might get on some green tonight to celebrate his playoff career high. 19 points. Boogie! He was awesome. 8-12 shooting, 2-3 from downtown. Kept them in the game. Was doing everything, and it's like, yeah, he probably just got himself another contract specifically from this game. Uh, the tough one was like Brin, your mum's best mate, Forbes and Austin Rivers. Oh, three combined, and as a team, the Nuggets shot six of twenty-nine from downtown, fifty rebounds, for fifteen turnovers. Just a bit too much. The Warriors thirteen to thirty-one from downtown, only nine turnovers. They had twenty-seven assists on thirty-seven made buckets. Tooth Steph had thirty-five and five with a couple of steals. He had five threes as well. The driving at the end, though, is the one that got me. Uh, Clay ends up with 15, 1-6 from downtown. A couple of steals, four of them, in fact. 11 points, two rebounds, six assists, three blocks for Draymond. He had a great dunk. He had a great three. And was battling manfully with Joker and also tried to trip up Aaron Air Gordon, which is weird. But anyway, 11, what was it? 11, pretty good. Not not bad in the end. We go at 12 and 5. He went 3 of 5 from the free throw line. Did Maple Jordan. Uh, Jordan Poole shot 3 of 10. Eight points, four assists, not his night. Kaminga gave him something there in five minutes. He had four points. Just a nice little kick along when he ran out there. Looney with four, seven, and three. But Gary Payton, the second. Fifteen points. Amazing game. Three rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a block. Six of eight from the floor. Three of four from three. Had barely been used uh, until basically uh, Steve Kerr's like, oh, okay, shit, we better actually get him out there now, eh? Uh, Because Jordan Poole is kind of stinking up the joint. and. And That's what happened. Seriously. Gary Payton II just went, nah, fuck it. I'm just going to go absolutely nuts. And, uh, I mean, it's just one of those moments where you're like, yeah, he's just out there, hasn't been playing in this series, and then he was so good. Stepped up massive. So let's do a uh, NBA Australia-approved performance of the night. What do you reckon? <laughs> that's not that nice. That's a knife. i got a couple here. Yannis. What a game from the Kumpo. I mean, he was unreal. Seriously. He was absolutely bloody unreal. And just, I want to hit on that Gary Payton thing again. Like, he's played little bits and bits and bits. He hadn't had, like, the massive game yet, and then he came out and did that today. It was awesome. Anyway, uh, Giannis, 5-5 five five from the field to start off the uh, first quarter. He had 15 points. It was sick. And then just went off. Just kept going. 23 points in the first half. Ends up with a 33-9-3. Shoots 11-15. Uh, said after the game, I don't affect the game by scoring. I affect the game by playing hard, trying to block a shot, play defense, creating for my teammates. Lead them, you know? Be vocal. Yeah, get him, Giannis! That was awesome. What a game. I also... We're going to have the stat for you later. Uh, but it's going to be in the Andrew Gay's Graham Umber Award. But Giannis was fucking incredible today. Uh, and Steph obviously thirty-five and five with five turnovers, but hits five threes. The driving at the end, as I keep hitting on, like he just kept sort of just going at the Nuggets, making them panic. And with Joker with five fouls, there wasn't too much Joker could kind of do about it. And away they went. It was awesome. And Boogie playoff career had nineteen points. He'd played nineteen playoff games before today, and he'd never scored more than fifteen, which is crazy to me. But there you go. Giannis, Boogie. Boogie turning back the clock like it was 2013, 2014. Boogie it made me so fucking happy. And Steph, 30 points. Unbelievable game. 10 of 22 shooting. 5 of 11 from 3. The game sealer. The night, night. Ah, oh, you love it. You love to see it. Who was Spud of the Night, though? Spud, 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 spud of the night. Spud of the Javante Green goes one of eight today. Oh, of five from downtown in twenty-seven minutes. Like this is the thing, right? With the Bulls, they're like, "Ah, man, could like some of our dudes hit a fucking three man?" And no, it just turns out no one really could. So Javante was a bit of a rough one. 27 minutes, 1 of 8. He ended up with 3 points. He had 7 steals, though, which is pretty crazy. So he's not really sputting it up. He was just sputting it up on offense. And Bones! Bones! I love Bones Island. If you listen to this show on the reg, you know how much I love Bones Island. It gives you so much if you're Denver. Today, though, look, we don't usually kill rookies on spot of the Night, but 19 minutes, 0 of 6 from the floor, 0 of 5 from 3. They get a little bit of something-something from Bones. Maybe, maybe, Josh, maybe they get a little bit closer, but... Bynes was just swallowed up by the Warriors today. It was definitely like one of those moments where you're like, "Ah, oh, yeah, that's right, he's still young. What are you going to do? Who was Old Mate No Mates? Old Mate No Mates. Old oh. oh, Mate No Mates. Old Mate No Mates. Old Mate No Mates. Old Mate No Mates. Old Mate Who's got No Mates today? How about Alistair Clarkson? That's right, former Hawthorne coach, spotted Going in the uh, fancy entrance there at the Golden Golden State's uh, Arena in San Francisco, uh, hanging out with all his mates. Nobody. It's <laughs> Clay rides his bike in, which was hilarious. And then they cut to like you know a bloke putting his stuff through the security uh, scanner, and it looked very much like Alistair Clarkson. It was just weird that he was there by himself. <laughs> Do you reckon they showed him on the big screen? It's like here's the jumbo joint. alright oh, it's. Hawthorne premiership coach Alistair Clarkson. And everybody be like, fucking what? Who? I love it. Uh, old mate, no mates as well. How's poor Aaron Gordon? So he scores, he flexes, and Draymond Green's on the ground, having just been fucking obliterated by Air Gordon. And Draymond grabs his leg as Aaron Gordon starts walking back and trips him up. And the rest give a tech to Aaron Air Gordon. <laughs> He's like, what?! It wasn't my arms wrapping around my fucking legs, ref. Jesus. But also, Draymond is old, mate. No, mates. He's just trying to collect scalps of all of his teammates. So today, after absolutely wanging Clay Thompson in the bonds the prior game with a pass, an errant pass, just wanging Clay, he absolutely fucking sconned Otto Porter today. Draymond, I get that you're passing the ball a fair amount, but that's back-to-back games where you've absolutely fucking KO'd a teammate. Mate, that's some old mate No-Mates vibes, what are you going to do? Everybody's like, Jesus, brush bros, what are you doing? Uh, pantsing of the night. A bit of a pantsing. Uh, please write in the newspaper that I didn't get mad. Doc Rivers. Oh, hey, man, oh, stop fucking asking me about blowing 3-1 leads, you pricks. Please write in your newspapers that I didn't get upset when I set the record straight about how I've blown all those 3-1 leads. <laughs> so Doc Rivers fronting the media as, you know, we're watching the Sixers in the process of blowing a 3-0 lead and becoming the first team to ever do that in the NBA. Uh, but Doc is like, oh, well, where did we all Orlando, We were like the eight seed, man, and then... Like in LA, we had like injuries and there's the time and the bubble. It's like, Doc, the fact that you have to go in depth about blowing 3 1 leads, mate, I think is just telling the story. Oh, but we need context. Yeah, the context is your teams keep shitting the bed. <laughs> I mean, seriously. What is going on? Please write in the newspaper that I didn't get upset. All right, finally, better than Lonzo Ball. <coughs> Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think going gonna get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros. Now I can be average. He's coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Gary Payton II. Uh, what a game today. 15-3-3 with a block and two steals. He shoots six of eight from the floor, three of four from downtown in only 26 minutes. So in the prior games, he'd gotten out there for 20 minutes, 18, 14, and seven. This is his biggest stint. And they literally just went, right, pull... You're out, mitten, get him. And my favorite thing as a lifelong Seattle SuperSonics fan was seeing Gary Payton, the glove, sitting there in Golden, well at the Golden State game, watching the mitten, his son, absolutely fucking tear it apart to the tune of fifteen three and three. But those two threes in the fourth quarter that were just massive. That's incredible. This is Gary Payton II, who like for his career for this season was like, oh, nah, it's pretty cool. I'm a 35% three-point shooter. And you're like, all right, this is also the dude who basically got cut at the start of the year. Nobody else wanted him. And then he just sort of turned around and went back to Golden State and kicked some ass and took some fucking names. Like, that's awesome. What a legend, Gary Payton. You goddamn superstar. Gary Payton II, the mitten. What a game. What a showing. And today, he was better than Lonzo Ball. Oh, I was a bit sad, though, that they were showing Lonzo on the, uh, you know, court side for the Bucks Bulls game. And they kind of showed it a couple of times. You're like, oh, come on, man. It's just, dude's got a bung knee. Like, we can't blame him for this. All right. Let's do some Yenars right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drummond. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Cadet. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Eli. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as WorTho. And you're listening to NBA Australia. 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 All right, let's do some yernaz. They're brought to you by the NBA Australia Shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. People, get your merch. Get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Yeah, do it. Get your merch. Get your merch. slash shop or just go through the links on the socials. Facey, IG, even on Twitter, I think you can just uh, go through the shop. Off you go. Get a hoodie. Get a t-shirt. Help your brother out. All right, let's do some yernaz where we take a bunch of NBA storylines, decide whether they're more yeah or more nah. Number one, Jez Oz sends in Giannis's first half was him reminding the basketball world that in his mind, he's the MVP. Yeah, nah. I don't... I'm I'm happy to say yeah, because he just sort of took control of that game. Put it beyond the Bulls. I also kind of like think that he's like a bit... I don't give a fuck about the MVP. I just want us to win... And the way for us to win is for me to kick the shit out of the balls. <laughs> so it's a bit of a yeah and a nah. So it's yeah, nah, yeah, nah, yeah. Because uh, he did remind the basketball world that fucking hell, he might be the best basketball player alive. And holy shit, any year that you do could almost win the scoring title and almost win defense player of the year, that guy's probably a uh, pretty good MVP candidate. And it was definitely a great reminder today. Speaking of which, Jason Tatum. There's a lot of shit floating around. Oh, I used to top five players in the NBA right now. All right, yeah, nah. After that series, oof, we get trapped in the moment a lot. So when you say top five, who are you leaving out? Joker, Giannis, Embiid, KD, Curry, LeBron James, Devin Booker, Jarman Morant, Luca. Who are you leaving... Jimmy... Nah, Jimmy Butler doesn't go in there, but... God damn, who are you leaving out in your top five? But at the same time, I kind of almost have to say it. Giannis, Joker, and Embiid, Josh Green, Jason Tatum. <laughs> probably, like, I reckon, Luca's performance in these playoffs has just probably put me of a mindset. I'm like, he and Jason Tatum are on that absolute fucking special fuck you level. Uh, and... With all this said, I mean, KD's obviously going to be up there too. So I probably have KD, Tatum, Luca vying for the last three spots behind. Well, the last two spots behind Giannis Joker and Embiid at the moment. And with that said, you've got to beat the best to be the best. And guess what? Jason Tatum has outplayed Kevin Durant. So I think he pushes him out. Unbelievable. So I think he's got to go top five at the moment. Unbelievable. Uh, Can the Bulls turn this around next year and actually uh, make a bit of a dent? Yeah, nah, yeah. Because we saw it this year. They've got the foundation of have good players on your team and you too will be a good team. But to beat the best teams, uh, A, you need to be healthy. B, you need some shooters can actually hit a fucking shot. And C, they need someone else who isn't Vooch who can play in the middle and can play small ball center, hit a shot outside as well. and But I think the foundation of DeMar Rosen, Zachy Cakes, Adam Levine, Lonzo, Vooch, show Patch Williams, Kobe White, maybe. Like, Kobe's just got to give you something, something, though, as, like, the uh, spark plug bench scorer. And he just needs to grow that little bit more. Maybe he will, because I fucking love Kobe, Kobe White. But yeah, there's a couple of big, like, couple of questions. But I think it's pretty easily fixable. You know what I'm saying? Be healthy, have shooting, figure out someone who isn't Tristan Thompson as <laughs> your backup big. Maybe that's eventually Patch Williams. You know? But I don't know. Some interesting questions for the Bulls. I think they'll be pretty good. I think they'll be fine. If they stay healthy next year, who knows what can happen? Because that's the thing. Like, the Bulls, it just felt like all fucking year, they just never had all their dudes out there at once. And when they did, for the split seconds, have at least the majority of their guys, they look fucking good. So the problem is they just never beat anybody good. So tough ones, tough questions, but I think pretty solvable. Uh, are the Nuggets the most sleepy or the most awake of sleepers for next year? Yeah, nah. Yeah, they are, because... No one's going to sleep on how good the Nuggets will be, right? Joker's going to win the MVP. Everybody will be losing their minds about them, but deservedly so, because they'll be fucking awesome next year. Jam and Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Joker, Air Gordon, Monty Morris, you know, the best backup point guard, one of the best backup point guards in the NBA. Overstretched as a starter? Whereas, like, you look at Jalen Brunson, you're like, yeah, he might be the best backup point guard in because he's actually just a starter, you know. Anyway, but the Nuggets will be fine. They just need to fix a little bit of that defense. They need to not have Jeff Green because any team that actually has Jeff Green is like, why do we have Jeff Green? Fuck. Anyway, and finally, there was a bit of controversy surrounding Draymond and talking about Jason Tatum and uh, – you know, media members having award votes and stuff like that. Is Draymond right? Should the media decide All NBA and the uh, awards and whether or not people get bonuses in their contracts and making stuff like All NBA or All Defensive or uh, placing in the awards? Yeah, nah, no. Draymond, if you've got a problem with all of this, you should take it up with your fucking NBA Players Association. Who negotiated that contracts would have tiers and bonuses linked to accolades. Seriously. Like, if you think the media voting on all NBA is absolutely disgusting, oh well, they're human beings with personal issues against guys. Guess what? There's a fuck ton of media votes that go into these awards to dilute the fact that like one dude might not like another dude. You know? And he's like, oh, they don't watch every game. So And fucking players do. This is my problem with all of this sort of shit. Players are always like, oh, no, man. The media don't know what it's like, man. It's like, yes, they fucking do. Because half the media who have votes are former fucking players. Jesus, just go look it up. You know? And most of the media members take this shit fucking super seriously. And then you got dumb fucks like players who are like, ah... I voted for my teammate for All-NBA. Like, just if you needed, like, an example of the veracity of if you gave the fucking players a vote for All-NBA, just go look at the all-star voting from the players. Just go do it. (laughs) Because it's a fucking mess. This is a flawed system, and I think that contracts shouldn't have... Look, I think performance-based contracts work pretty well, but then you have to go by criteria and, you know, it's like if you make All-NBA, cool, you get to a higher tier of contract. At the same time, Jason Tatum going, well, I don't get 37 million bucks. I think Jason Tatum's going to be okay. Yeah, it's disgusting, and I hate that the contract's kind of like whether or not you make it, but seriously, I think there should be performance-based bonuses that aren't exactly linked to maybe kind of arbitrary voting awards where you do have, you know, power that to not control what happens is with your contract, basically. It's like, I can play my ass off and I don't get recognised, therefore I lose out on 37 million. It's tough, but take it up with the Players Association, and go, all right, get rid of that shit. Have it as actual statistical fucking. not accolades where it's like you know awards and shit like that but actually have like a built into if you average 25 points a game in your second year or some shit then you're basically up here have actual steadfast rock solid things that you can point to and go if you hit these benchmarks then guess what you get the uh, extra bonuses in your contract and you you know suddenly you're able to sign a supermax etc you know it's fucking weird. Also, when Draymond says, oh, they don't watch every game, fuck you, Draymond. I watch more basketball than he does. Get the fuck out of here. Anyway, I'm the opinion of the day. That basically might be it. Now look at me, please. Look at me. look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Yeah, I don't know. Like, that's kind of it, right? Seriously, the all-NBA voting, the MVP voting, all-defensive, all-rookie, etc. I think Draymond had a problem with, like, Bill Simmons saying, fuck Jalen Green. It's like, hey, I'm pretty sure Simmons was joking. When he said that, and Draymond gets his fucking panties in a twist about it. At the same time, if Jalen Green wants to be an all rookie, then he should have been better for, you know, more than the last two months of the season. What the fuck are we doing? Anyway, another unpopular opinion today. Look, can we not do the fucking scolds on the internet? Jesus Christ. Oh, if you trash Joker for being the MVP because you need to make a fucking TV segment or whatever out of it, just don't, man. Who in their right mind is saying that Joker, like, A, doesn't deserve the MVP because he went out 4-1 against the Warriors? Like, no one. No one's fucking opinion you should take seriously. Everybody should fucking understand, if they've got half a brain, how special what Joker did this year was. Seriously, they don't have two of their three best fucking players. He carried them to a sixth seed, 48 fucking wins, pushed the Warriors in, well, basically, it was a couple of games where they got a little bit rolled, you know, in the first two games. Sucked. They were right in it, though, for the last three. And this is, like, Joker carrying Air Gordon, Monty Morris, a backup, Will the Thrill Barton, and not much else against a Warriors team that has just gotten healthy. For f- Seriously, for fuck's sake. Like, what are we doing? Oh, 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 you can't trash Joker for being MVP and going out in 4-1 against the Warriors. No, you can't, because who is? Shut up, scolds. We get it. You want to look smart and tell people, hey, don't be mean. Nobody's even being mean. You're being a dickhead. Who are you arguing against? (laughs) Fucker hates scolds. What a bunch of dorks. Uh, That is the way an MVP should go out, though. Fucking hell, fighting. And that was kind of the... uh, the vibe for this Nuggets team. Joker just fucking scratched and fought the entire way. Also, that dude gets so many scratches on his arms. What's up with that? Anyway, uh, quick Outback Tokos. It's Thursday at back and you know what that means? Oh yeah, that's right, some deep fried fucking onions cut in to make it look at like a fucking flower. What the fuck is this? A blooming onion, you say? I'm Australian, I've never fucking heard of this thing. A deep-fried onion that looks like a flower. Take the fucking piss, I reckon. Jesus. Anyway, it's apparently the two-for-one. Only at Outback. And today's flame-grill take is... If the Denver Nuggets had and Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., they would have won the 2022 NBA title. Only at Outback. Maybe not, but Jesus! I love, like, the fight, the effort, everything that the Nuggets put into that. Um... Especially when you contrast it to, like, what we just saw with the Nets, with KD and Kyrie. just sort of just going, oh, well, we don't even like, like whatever, basketball. It's just basketball, man. Then what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> All right. We'll be back with a uh, non strained Australian player watch, uh, but an Andrew Gay's Great Mum Award in Kiwi Corner right after this. This is Shane Heal, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, we'd usually do the Australian uh, player watch today, but obviously with Patty Thrills being eliminated and uh, Josh Green and, uh, well, Matty T won't be playing tomorrow because the game's in Toronto and obviously he's not allowed into uh, Canada because he looked at the benefits of uh, getting a vaccine that has been safely administered around the world for uh, 18 months now and couldn't see any benefit in uh, getting that. I don't know, one benefit might have been playing in a game six that would uh, stop your team from being evened up 3-3 in a seven-game series. I don't know, there's one benefit, just just a thought. <laughs> but either way. Uh, but an Andrew G- well. we've got an Andrew Gay's Grey Mummer Award. We'll do a Kiwi Corner first. So let's uh go check out what Stephen Adams has been up to this week. Because uh, I'll tell you what, it's not much. Because he uh got sat, remember? After game one, played 24 minutes against the uh, Wolves and did not have a great one. Zero points, zero field goal attempts, three rebounds, three assists, and four fouls. And then in the first three minutes of that, game two against Minnesota. He was out there for the first three minutes. He copped two very quick fouls, had one assist, and then was sat by uh, Grizzlies coach Taylor Jenkins. And... uh, they basically decided, right, fuck it. We've got Xavier Tillman. We've got Jaron Jackson Jr. They're our fives. We need that mobility on the uh, outside. And we need to cover Cat a little bit better. Now, he then also got out there uh, for four minutes against uh, the Wolves in game four. He had zero points in that one. One foul, two rebounds. Didn't take a shot. So he's not taking a shot in all three games he's played so far. He's played 31 total minutes. Not taking a shot. He's had 7,005 rebounds. So you can see why Taylor Jenkins is a little bit like, oh, f- fuck, all right. The weirdest part to me is that they kind of um, they made the very quick adjustment and people are shitting on it, you know? Like, I love Stephen Holmes, don't get me wrong. But Taylor Jenkins is smart. From what he saw in game one, it's like, oh, God, we're getting torched. Gets a couple of quick fouls in game two. He's like, fuck, all right, better bench him. And then, you know, they've won a couple of games, they've lost a couple of games, and people are like, oh, I can't believe, you know, you got to the two seed playing a certain way, and then you just pull him. But this is what fucking people kill. Mike Budenholzer and, like, dudes who don't make adjustments for. And then somebody does make a very clear and obvious adjustment. You're like, oh, geez, I didn't know about bit that. Fucking blow it out your ass, idiots. Anyway, but look, because I think Stephen Adams, this is not the series for him. Because just covering Cat, all that perimeter-based stuff, asking him to go out and then go, all right, go stop him. If they were playing against the Pelicans and he's got to stop Jonas Valanciunas, yeah, he's not going to be sat. But against Minnesota, yeah, they need the uh, length and weird sort of chunkiness of Xavier Tillman and uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Even though Jaron Jackson Jr. fucking loves fouling more than I love beers, uh, which is a lot. Uh, But still, so a bit of a rough week for the big KOA, but look, it'll be fine. Right, Andrew Gay's Gary Mumber Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. Andrew Gay's Gary Mumba. I'm going clap it up. All right, two really quick ones here 32, 13, and 6 for the series from Nikola Jokic. Seriously, what more could he have fucking done? 32-13-6, and six, he was incredible. Oh, serious. The threes weren't quite there, but I mean, what can you do? Sometimes you throw your hardest and best against a uh, team that's better than you, and you get beaten. But still, uh, so Joker, absolute outstanding achievement in the field of excellence in that series, 32-13-6. and six. And Giannis, how about Giannis in his last seven closeout games? 7-0. and oh. And he's averaged 33, 11, and 6. Shot 60% from the floor, and he's a plus 131. What? You might remember he had a pretty big closeout game in Game 6 in the NBA Finals last year as well. (laughs) Giannis in closeout games. That's a uh, pretty fucking good stat line. 33, 11, and 6 on 60% shooting, and he's won all seven of them. That is amazing. Alright, how about the Paddy Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check in for today? Well, this one is uh, Rock 'em, Sock 'em, Block 'em, Jock 'em, Landau, Jock Strap in the studio hanging out with Triple M. Love to see that. He's enjoying it too. Uh, but Josh Green, he's out there posting really good IG stories about financial literacy. And uh, there's some great outcuts from the uh, actual video of that. But he's also looking pretty uh, fly getting into Utah. And he's uh, gone out for a bit of a uh, lunch. Shit, I might have gone there in Utah. Looks pretty familiar. But either way, go check out Josh Green's IG. Always a good time. Always pretty inspiring. And uh, I'll tell you what, wouldn't mind hearing from Patty. Just tell us it's all okay, Patty. Just tell us okay. It's probably just still shit-faced hanging out with Simo and the boys after Mad Monday. Right, let's do some game previews. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, inadvertent, babe. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's it all going? Oh, yeah, not bad. Be, uh, be better for... Squid had slept in a little bit. Fucking hell. Uh, we went 0-2 on the picks today. I thought uh, the Warriors would win by more and the Chicago would lose, but, you know, cover that 11.5-point spread. But once Caruso was also ruled out, I think, uh, yeah, that went a little bit by the wayside. <laughs> so a bit of a tough one. That leaves us with 18-39 picks so far for the uh, playoffs. Playoffs? Uh, tomorrow. We have three absolute belters, Game 6, Philly-Toronto, Game 6, Phoenix-New Orleans, Game 6, dallas Utah. Philly at Toronto. The joke and the jokes are going to be incredible. They really, really would be if James Harden and Doc Rivers had a 3-zip lead and something was 3-3 going back to Philly for a Game 7 in the first round. I don't think it's actually going to happen, though. I think Philly can win this. They're one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Toronto, and I do think Philly can actually win this because I think they'll be fucking desperate to ensure that they don't have a Game 7. Yeah, they should have been fucking desperate in Game 5. They got complacent. Toronto are awesome. They're lengthy. They're crazy. And Toronto not having Fred Van Vliet was like one of those weird blessings in disguise because he was just so hampered. That on defense, he might have been giving Harden fits, but Maxi was still lighting it up. And then Maxi's just sort of slowed down as the series has gone along. But I do think Philly adjust. I think Embiid has a big game, and they just get by Toronto here. I'm going to take the minus one and a half for Philly, and they close out the series in six, which I think was my uh, pre-playoff prediction. Yeah. Philly-Toronto, Philly 4-2. So uh, I'm going to stick by that, so give me Philly, minus one and a half. Then... New Orleans hosting Phoenix. This is so goddamn tasty. So after Phoenix held the Pals at arm's length all game in Game 5, we now go back to Louisiana. Heart of a champion vibes for Phoenix, even though they're not champions. Can Phoenix push this? Can they, can they, can they? They're two-and-a-half-point underdogs at home for the Pals. And I think they might have a chance at covering and actually winning this game at home. Seriously, that game five took an otherworldly Michael Bridges performance. He had eight and he had CP3 playing really, really well. New Orleans, rough shooting night for both CJ McCollum and Spindles. If they just improve a little bit, the Pelicans maybe get over the top. So I might just, I'm going to lean with the plus two and a half of the Pels. If they do lose, I wouldn't be wildly surprised, but I think... They could make this close and even cover that two-and-a-half point spread and still lose in absolutely heartbreaking fashion. Uh, If Devin Booker comes back, I still feel pretty good about the plus two-and-a-half because it's always weird to like sort of reincorporate a player. So I'm going to go the Pels plus two-and-a-half. It's going to be weird. We'll see what happens. And then lastly, we have Dallas going to Utah to try to close out the Jazz. Donnie Mitchell's ready and raring to go, and I think Dallas cover the one-and-a-half points and win. 4-2. I had pre-playoffs, because we didn't know what was going to happen with Luka, uh, Utah winning 4-2. And I think it's Dallas who win at 4-2. So give me Dallas minus one and a half. I think Utah, after the shellacking in game five, they will fight, they will fight, they will fight. But I just think their defense is not quite good enough to slow down Dallas with Luka. So give me Dallas minus one and a half. And finally, Luka makes it to the second round. So there you go. Philly minus one and a half. Powell's plus two and a half. Dallas minus one and a Half tomorrow should be great. Cannot wait. It's going to be awesome. All right, so that's it for today. We're back tomorrow to wrap up all those games for you, so make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, face the IG, over socials, NFL Australia with myself and Gaz, NFL Draft tomorrow. We'll have a big wrap for you next week. It's going to be awesome. World Wrestling Stray with Adam. Go check that out on YouTube. Follow him, FWCIE, on Twitter. NBAAustralia.com uh, slash shop. Get your merch, get your merch. Chuck us a rating and review on your podcast app. Come on. Help a brother out. It's just a little old me out here. I don't have bogeys millions. <laughs> I don't have a big corporation behind me. Uh, what else? Noble. Download the Noble app. Bang in the code Stray, Get 20% off as well. Big thanks always go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. And big thanks always go to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshack Alami, Iowa, Sex, Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. However you listen to your tunes, support the bands who support us. NBA Australia supports Australian bands. So should you. All right, we'll close out today's show with a brand new diary of Stephen Adams and we. We'll catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would ya? And later, hosen. Oh, Kira, Bruce, how's it going eh, Bruce? Oh, it's just Stephen Adams here, swinging by to write of my diary today, Bruce. So here goes, eh? Oh, dear diary, Bruce, it's me, eh? Stephen Adams. Oh, but you knew that, eh, Bruce? Because you're my diary, eh? And you know all my deep, dark secrets, Bruce. Oh, like how after Cooch sat me the other day, I was like, oh, that's sweet as, Bruce. Because I really hate playing against that fella, Carl. Because that fella, Carl, he smells worse than my cousin Rongo after a night on the terps, Bruce. But shh, don't tell anybody that I'm happy to be sitting, Bruce. So yeah, Brew, I got benched, e, eh? But that's fine, because it just means I get paid, Brew, to have the best seats in the house, Brew. And we're doing a ride in these playoffs, eh? It's a really good, fun competition, Brew. So I've just loved turning myself into an assistant coach, e. Eh? Like I've really been coaching up my friend Jaron and my other friend Xavier Tolman, just making sure that, like, Jar is in the right mindset and stuff, Brew. And I'm just, like, standing there next to coach and just going, oh, Brew, move over here. Hey, Brew, I like calling out coverages from the side of the actual court brew. Sometimes it's a bit tough to see where they're coming from because we're on the other end of the court brew, but I'll still yell, hey, that's Sweet as. It's like playing rugby brew back when I was a kid, back in NZ. So it's real fun. It's been real fun going against those fellas from Minnesota as well. Like that Carl fella who smells really bad, Brew. I mean, shh, don't tell anybody. Uh, but he's got that funny voice, eh? He's all like, oh, Brew, we're tough as he. Ha, ha, ha. We're picking Minnesota and I'm like, oh, this Brew is hilarious. He's getting smashed by my friend, Jaren. I mean, I've taken bigger dumps than Jaren Brew. And he's getting smashed by me. But either way, it's been a really fun series, Brew. I really love the playoffs. Just, you know, I forget how much fun I have during the playoffs. You know, we went to the playoffs with Russ and KD Brew. And now we're back in the playoffs. And I just love it. So... You know, Jar won the most improved player this week, Brew, and he gave the boxes of the award, you know, that it came in, Brew, to our other friend, Desmond, which was really funny as, Brew. I laughed and laughed and laughed, eh? And then there were the playoffs games, which were sick as, like, yeah, Jar's game-winner, Brew. That was sweet as. That fella, Ant, he was like, oh, I'm going to gamble for the uh, for the steel, Brew. And Jar's like, oh, thanks, eh? And just took it to the cup, and it was sweet as. So, yeah, there was that game where Carl fouled out, oh, it's just been a great Series E. So, here's hoping that the special Let's Win Game 6 in Minnesota Boys Hungie does its job that I'm cooking. Because uh, the Let's Win Game 5 at home Boys Hungy, did a ripper job. So, because they did. So, we're up 3 2, brew. This team is special as. So, hopefully, we keep it rolling, brew. And uh, hopefully, next week I'm talking to you from uh, the second round of the playoffs. Eh? So, all right, that's it for this week. I'll get back to my Let's Win Game 6 in Minnesota Boys Hungy, that I've got cooking. So, yeah. Going to be a big game 6A. So, till next week, Bruce. Cheer, cheer. Love. Stephen Adams E.